This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty's in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front lines, sleep in peace tonight, American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. We got music, we got rhythm, we got a wonderful guy to go with them. Well, we got it, yes, we got it, on the Nick Nixon Show. We got crescendo, the innuendo, we got the station that's setting the trend, oh. It's popular music, selected by you. You bought for the oldies, you bought for the new. We got it, yes, we got it, on the Nick Nixon Show. Yeah, we mentioned this on the last show. Yep, yep. Is that the Nick Nixon singers? Uh, I, I don't know who. Some jingle house did this, but uh, boy, they sounded good though. Oh yeah. We just don't hear that anymore. No. What's wow. happened, man? So, so you have this little bed in here where you, you know, you say, "Hey, everybody! Hey, welcome to the show!" And you set the set the table, and then, uh, then of course, the singers come back in. Crescendo, diminuendo. We got the station that's setting the trend. You did that like a pro. <laughs> I know. Did you know? Oh, I played with this jingle numerous times. Oh, all right. I was going to say that was that was like perfect. <laughs> hey, Bob, how come you don't have one of those for us? Uh, oh my gosh, I, I, uh, I don't even know how much that would cost to do today in today's world. Wow, in yeah, today's okay. world, uh, but uh, there used to be all these jingle houses that did all that stuff. And uh, wow, I tell you, there's nothing like a 90 second name jingle. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever have one for yourself? Yeah, I've, I've got one. I've I've got several. Get uh, out of here! Yeah, really? yeah, that were done over the year. Well, I have a shout, Bob Savage. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but that was uh, that was one of the Elmira stations. Right. I'll dig that one up. For you. Well, folks, uh, welcome to Valor Radio this week. That's, uh, we, that's the Colonel uh, Paul Simonelli, by the way, speaking. The other voice, uh, Captain Steve Mamano, and of course, uh, Doctor Bob Savage at the control panel. The king of all media. The the king <laughs> of media. Please. Well, what are we going to say? Well, I appreciate the uh, thank you very much. The voice that could launch a thousand ships. There you go. At sea. Yep. You're making me blush. Well, you know. Did you do your intro for all those sailors and airmen? And you didn't do that today, did you? Oh, uh, no, we have to do that. So uh, welcome on in here, soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians. Guardians, thank you. One one senior moment there. And all the civilians serving by their side. All right. So, uh, crazy times. We're, you know, folks, uh, unfortunately, we record this uh, 
early in the morning on Tuesday most times, and lots happening uh, this week, especially today. And so, not I don't want to spend a lot of time on it. I think next week, uh, we when 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 the paperwork's out there and we know what's going on, uh, going to leave it to Steve to. Um, carry the bucket next week i am going to be away so steve uh i i saw something he wrote recently and i i recommended that uh, next week he use that on the show um because uh, sure. i think he really nails it um wow what's going on I no would, you really did spend more time on it if i oh. thought well no you know sometimes i know you you vent on yeah, social media yeah. um but this was and they're usually thoughtful, even though you're venting. But sometimes the anger overcomes the venting. Yeah, I agree. But this one was very measured. Was and it? Oh. I thought so. I thought it was well, superbly written. So um, Today's a tough day for a lot of people. It is. It is. And by the time this plays, uh, you know, we'll have a better read on what's going on. I can um, tell you this right now. It's ridiculous. It's it is. Unbel- the, the media... The media is it's just a feeding get, frenzy. getting all moist about oh, this. They are, I, I, they are it's, absolutely giddy. They, they just love putting up those CGs that say things like uh, you know, Trump uh, ready to surrender. I just saw a graphic up there of uh, it was a picture of Trump, uh, his profile and uh, like a dark profile over a a board that had like measurements like a like a like a, a lineup board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're having fun with this today, aren't they? Yes, they love this. So, this is this is this is their this is Christmas. It is Christmas. Christmas day. for liberals. Yeah, you gotta just. We'll see what happens. I'm G- gotta shake your head. Yeah, I, I am shaking uh, my head about this. This is just uh, love or hate Trump. This is just uh, uh, beyond the pale. I, you know, I've always. You've always heard me. I was a prosecutor. You know that, right, Steve? Bob, you know I did that. And it was the reason I became a lawyer, because I wanted to do that. But uh, one of the things I learned uh, very, very early, even, you know, here in little old Rochester, that as a prosecutor, you have unbelievable power. And uh, prosecutors are supposed to... They're there. It's a quasi-judicial office. It's not a defense attorney's only job is to represent their clients zealously, ethically, legally. That's mm-hmm. it. And anything they can do within those confines to defend their client, they they should do, they need to do. But a prosecutor is supposed to seek justice. Justice. And, you know, I, it used to frustrate me. Uh, judges used to tell juries all the time, Mr. Simonelli doesn't care what the verdict is in this case. The the people only seek justice. And I used to hate when judges said that uh, during giving jury instructions. Um, but that was, you know, that's a, that's a line that every judge says that uh, the people don't care what the result is. They are seeking justice. They, they say that in every time they do jury instructions. And it sort of bites because you're, you know, you're trying to advocate for a position. You're prosecuting allegedly because you believe that the person you've got sufficient evidence to establish that the person is guilty beyond can, a reasonable can I ask doubt. You something? Why is it that we elect prosecutors? Why don't, aren't they appointed? Well, I think I, th- you know, that I think prosecutors need to be elected because they have to be held accountable. There's no other way to hold them accountable. Um, who's going to be the appointing authority? I mean, uh, the people ultimately, the choices for important things in our system should rely on the people, not on, you know, not on appointed. That, that's what always bothered me about um, 
how government has grown. There's bureaucrats at every level of government that right. can, can change your life forever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely change your life forever with no oversight. Um, and you see this. But you see now, you know, what's happening here. I I can't. And I'm trying to think of this both from a prosecutor's perspective, a lawyer's perspective, a citizen's perspective. I just can't come to terms um, with what's going on here. This is I. It's inconceivable with, with to the me. Trump case, you mean? Yes, we're talking about that, and um, you know, maybe we're going to find something out when the indictment gets unsealed. Maybe there's going to be 34 counts of, you know, murder. In there or something, uh, you know. Maybe if, there's, if there were, those charges would have been brought long ago. True. I, I'm just saying. Until we know, we don't know. Um, you know, next week. Uh, and why didn't Cy uh, Vance uh, uh, push those? Well, points? now he's going on the he's going on the talking tour now, telling everyone that the federal government, the Justice Department, said to back off because they were investigating. That's what his excuse is. The Justice right, right. Department? Um, no, the uh, Justice Department. When Trump was, well, let's see, it started. Hmm. Um, well, he said that the Justice Department asked him to back off. Okay, now, Bill Barr, um, whether Bill Barr's Justice Department asked him to back off or not, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that they would do that. I, I was disappointed to see him on uh, Fox last night piling on. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I really get tired of him after a while. Yet, you know, here's the guy. He said, he's piling on, yet he said he'd vote for Trump before he'd vote for Biden. Well, you said that? Yes. Hmm. Well, well, I mean, <laughs> well, I, between him and Mike Pence, I don't know who I, I, I don't know who I. Pence, Pence, Pence uh, is 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 uh, is lamenting what's going on now. He 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 thinks it's it's horrible. Well, it is horrible, but um, he 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 really he he was not a profile in courage. I'm sorry. I have I have a lot of problems with Mike Pence now. I listen. I, this is um. What do you mean? You're talking about back in January 6th? Is that what you're talking I'm about? I'm talking about his, his whole shtick the last couple of years with, uh, you know, yes, we can do better. And, you know, I'm really regrettable. And oh, shut up, Mike. Well, listen, it's shut a, up. Our problems are over because Asa Hutchinson is yes. now in the oh, race. Right. So it, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I saw that. He's going to uh, deliver us from all of this. And I'm, I'm really pleased. To he, say was a, he was one of the Whitewater guys, remember? Yeah. Uh, at, at one time, Asa Hutchinson was a pretty good guy. But, you know, like every rhino, he has his day. He's come, he's come out of nowhere. To, I know. Oh, by the way, I'm going to run for president. What? Yeah. Who are you again? So uh, right. it was it was pretty interesting. I was channel surfing uh, Sunday night and hit uh, 60 minutes and they had uh, Leslie Stahl tried to do a hit job on Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, I saw did, that. Did it work? No. Oh, my no, gosh. No. Oh, really? Yeah. She got her uh, She got her back, huh? No, she she held her own, I think, better than a lot of people do with with uh, with uh, 60 Mar- Minutes. Marjorie Taylor Greene made Leslie Stahl look like the nitwit she is. Oh. Yeah. She's, she's literally, literally shaking her head and clucking. Yeah. She does that. Yeah. She, remember she did that thing with, with Trump? Yep. Where she was, uh, you know, was it, that was you, sir, yeah, sir. I, I, that was so annoying. She used to be such a good reporter. Yeah, forty years ago. Well, yeah. this is they, they've all they've all been bought and sold. Yeah, I guess um, they have. They, so we're hearing some music when we come back. We'll get back on military topics, but uh, 
Just uh, tough times we're going through right now. Uh, we'll be back shortly with more Valley Radio. Hey, we bump out, of course, on this uh, Trump arraignment day with Midnight in Moscow. How appropriate. On WYSL. go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in office in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. What a crazy couple of years we've had. Everybody's fighting. Inflation is causing all kinds of havoc. We have people on television and on radio telling us how much we should hate other people because they think differently than you do. We all need to sit back for a moment and just take a breath. Remember what we like about others, not what makes us mad about them. Most times I feel like we all want what's best for our families in America, but we just have different ways of going about it. My mother had a way of just taking a simple pleasure, like taking a bite from her favorite sandwich and saying, ah, this is good. For me, the Orioles may have a winning season. This is good. Oh, if you feel you want to talk about your current investment planning, estate planning, or life insurance, we're right in Penfield at AM Ginsburg Advisory Group, 585-377-4720. I feel better already. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc., AM Ginsburg Advisory Group, and Securities America companies are separate entities. Join Abate Monroe County, American bikers aimed toward education and help adult bikers ride free and safe. Check out our meetings on the third Friday monthly at Wise Guys Diner and Catering, 2811 Dewey Avenue. Join Abate for less than 50 cents a week. Google Abate Monroe County on the web. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. We are back in here with the Colonel and the Captain on Valor Radio on the WYSL stations. Thank you, Robert. Lots going on. Um, so Heritage, uh, Heritage Foundation, Foundation Heritage.org, yeah. um, published a study, a pretty extensive study. Um, of course, everyone is saying they're a partisan rag for... You see who's on that board, on that uh, the panel? Yeah. Pretty distinguished group. It is. It is. Um, but nonetheless... They, they published a report about military service and readiness and um, really came down to a few very basic recommendations. 
uh, that they that they came up with uh, after pretty extensive review of what they're seeing right now. And, of course, people on the other side are going to say this is just partisan drivel, not anything, but, right. uh, you know, concerned about the readiness of uh, military readiness. And What did you think of their recommendations? Well, I was just going to go through those with you. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're pretty spot on. Yeah. I, I, I think uh, I, I may agree with you on that. Uh, I think... You know, but given the nature of where things are right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, their recommendations, and this is from Heritage dot org from uh, this is their report that was just released uh, March thirtieth, twenty twenty three, called the National Independent Panel on Military Service and Readiness. Um, How to combat politicization in the ranks? Right now, this isn't right. So that was the focus, um, and the first thing they say is that uh, a need to eliminate uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion from the Department of Defense. Hallelujah! Um, I will tell you, in my time in the service, uh, my first contact, of course, was uh, joining ROTC. But from my first day in the service, I, if anywhere. In this country, um, the 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 playing field was level. The opportunity was there for everyone. That maybe the result wasn't there, but we don't we don't guarantee results. We guarantee I opportunity. That was the best thing about the military, I did too. I did too. And of course, we're saying it from you know white men's uh, position, but military's always been a, been ahead of society. Uh, for the meritocracy. change, right? Yeah. But it's also been based on meritocracy, and mm-hmm. um, now the energy that's put into uh, equity, which means equal results. That's what equity means. It doesn't. It's not equality. Equality is equal opportunity. It means equity. getting even, is what it means. That's exactly what it means. Yeah. Um, and so, but they said eliminate the emphasis on that redirect politicized efforts to combat uh, extremism uh, or to combat extremism towards improving readiness. Um, and it's uh, Lloyd Austin's thing, uh, extre- uh, combating extremism. Right, right. That's well, his, that also was his Millie, number one state of priority when he came in. Right. And Millie. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you saw the questioning of, uh, of, of those two uh, gruesome twosome about the, uh, the uh, drag queen story arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. Un- unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Discra- so, disgraceful. Um, established DOD and service standards based on readiness. I always thought the standards were based on readiness. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Uh, so I guess they're based on something else now. Right. They're based on uh, DEI and um, how, how we're combating um, how we're combating extremism. Let's see. Prioritize security and defense over combating climate change. Oh, jeez. The energy and the money that's being spent, the money that's buried in the defense budget, you know, and and the generals went along with it. You know, they drank the Kool-Aid. They wanted their money. You want to get the money for what you want, then you've got to commit. We're going to commit this much money to making the the military green. Yeah. And... um, you know, I don't. I don't know uh, what conclusions you can draw from this, but I have never known any meteorologist who works in TV or broadcasting or, or anywhere else that believes in climate change. Really? Right? Climate. No, they they all think it's total bunk. And, and these these are people who do do this for a living. It's beautiful. Yeah, I. You know, the more I read, um, well, first of all, how arrogant are we to think? 
that we can change, we can change. how the world's rotating right. on its axis. I agree. It's, it's For starters. Nutty. It's nutty. It's ridiculous. First of all, carbon dioxide is a trace element in the atmosphere. It's naturally occurring. There's more argon in the atmosphere than there is CO2. Yeah. So is a- for a lot of reasons. But anyway, the military, this panel um, <laughs> presented its findings to Congress and um, – uh. Beautiful. You know, whether it's going to go anywhere, we'll see. But and, and Mike um, Waltz was part of that. Uh, he's uh, the big uh, proponent of this thing. And then right. he's a good guy. There's a straight shooter for you in the Congress. Yeah. But, but they hate him because he's conservative. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so this is, uh, like I said, this is a pretty, pretty uh, uh, prestigious group that uh, oversaw this, including people you might not like. Um like H.R. McMaster. I'm not a big fan of his. I'm I've, I'm still mixed on but him. But I love Morgan you, Ortega. Well, you know him, don't you? Well, no. I mean, I've met him, but... Oh, uh, I thought you knew McMaster. No, no. Did um, he lecture you at the War College? No. Okay. Um, you know, he... Uh, Boy, I'd like to get him on here one of these days to have a conversation. Um, Is he available? I, I don't know. I don't know. We should see uh, if we could get him on here. But because it would be, you know, just hmm. one of these guys you just... Like crank him up, and we could just sit back. Oh yeah, he likes to for, talk for fifty for sure. minutes. But yeah. you know, very focused. Uh, there's a lot of really great things. I, you know, I wonder when he went to work in the Trump White House. Um, I, I really think he probably went in there. You know, you just don't know if they drank the Kool Aid, if they become part of the, you know, the, the class of folks. But anyway, uh, he's on this, and you know, you wouldn't have expected him because he is every. You know, he has his moments of wokeness, um, but uh, it was a good panel. It was an interesting study. Um, it's available at heritage.org.org if you want to take a look at it. Um, and uh, it's worth a good. It's worth a read. It is. Yeah. It is. So not going um, anywhere, but right. Um, you know, another thing that uh, has happened. Uh, we we monitored on this program when. Um, when President Trump came in, he got a bill passed that made it easier um, to discipline or fire uh, non-performers at the VA, and it, they it said it was a big deal. At it the was time. a gigantic deal. A lot of opposition, the unions, everything. Right. Um, and they, you know, everybody opposed it, but he was able to push it through Congress. Um, and Didn't they get blocked with some, you know, injunction? Or well, whatever? they were. There's been a lot of, you know, they've been trimming it at the edges. The courts have been trimming it at the edges, but nonetheless, it still exists. Um, but the uh, um, current administration said they're just tossing it by the wayside. They're not. Of course, of course they are. Um, and so here we go. You know, what we, the, we, you know, things are bad at the VA, and. And they still are in a lot of places. They do once again. They do a lot of great work on one-on-one basis. They cited the but, 2014 issue with the Phoenix. Well, right. VA. That was that's what, really what led to this ultimately. But the awful wait times people had, and then people were committing suicide. People, people were, forget about how bad things were. You know, I had a, I had a friend who's deceased. Um, that was a uh, a patient there. Unforgivable. And he's deceased now, but uh, I remember seeing him um, a couple years before he died. And he showed up, and he had 27 prescriptions from the VA, from the Phoenix VA. I mean, just if you couldn't believe it, he had like a Wegman's bag filled up with pills, and the poor guy had a brain injury, 
um, from falling off his bike, getting run off the road on his bike, mm-hmm. and they and he was just comp- he didn't even know what he was supposed to be taking when. I mean, it was just. I so I saw this long before 2014. I saw this back around 2007. Uh, what was going on at the Phoenix VA? Um, just pilling these people to death, uh, medicating them to death, and so. You know, Donald Trump did something about that, uh, pushed hard, did an executive order, but also got this legislation through and uh, the VA Accountability Act. But uh, nonetheless, um, if it was Trump, they have to undo it. Right. Right. That's and what it is. They just it, don't don't want anything, to, any vestige of Trump. Right. That's really what it comes down to. Sad. Uh, we're hearing some music here, so we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we have some more with Valor Radio. Tell everybody about the program and the uh, newly improved podcasts at WYSL1040.com. We'll be back with more Valor Radio. And I've been down two times, but now I'm drowning, drowning in the sea of love. Let me tell you all about it. I've been out here so very long, I'm lost. All of my direction Baby, when you came my way I thought I had found my protection But a strong wind came into my life And to be my surprise And I can't seem to control these tears That's You're listening to Valor Radio With Colonel Paul Simonelli we are back in here and so glad that you chose to join us here on Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli and Captain Steve Mamano. Thanks, Robert. Great music. Boy, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? The OJ's. OJ's Philadelphia sound. That's oh. right. Two, two great vocalists, Eddie LaVert and Walter Williams. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Steve. Yeah. You're on... You're on uh, you're on the firing line right now. Uh-oh. Because I don't understand this Navy stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. You we, talking about uh, Admiral Gilday? Yeah. He doesn't understand it either, so don't feel bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> so Admiral Gilday, who is the chief of naval operations, which in is... In theory. In theory, yeah. the, who is the senior Navy guy mm-hmm. in the Department of Defense. Right. Um, and... There's always been this battle. I remember when Ronald Reagan came into office, um, they said they needed X number of ships, and Ronald Reagan let them build. Well, we had John Lehman, the Secretary of the Navy back then. Right. And Admiral James Watkins, who was a badass. Okay. Okay. So So don't don't, don't mistake. uh, We we had people who could do the job back then. So for us uh, people who like keeping our feet on terra firma, um, explain to us the difference between... 300 and 355 and 373 ships. and, well, see, he, and he says I, we're shooting for 373 ships. Manned ships. He always throws that manned right. because well, he's Mr. Unmanned Navy. Have you, have you heard him recently right, talk about Right. Yeah, we're going to be unmanned, uh, 40% unmanned by the time it's 2040, I think it was. Right. He doesn't want those drone ships to count against his manned ships. Right. So... Um, so right now he says uh, 
Right now, we have 56 ships under construction, right. another 76 that are under contract. Under, con- under contract, we right. We can't buy back time. For 20 years, we were focused on ground wars, and understandably so, but well, the gotta- Navy wasn't a priority. Right. We uh, started keeping old ships. Keeping ships that were not usable or workable yeah. is not going to make us a strong Navy. Isn't that nice that all of a sudden now he's showing some candor? Well, we can't buy back time, is what he said. For 20 years, we were focused on a ground war. Right. So he's basically blaming it on the Army now. Right. You know, we uh, we were a lower priority because we're a naval power. Right. You know, so, but but he still talks about, um, you know, we were not the priority, but um, the actual fleet size he actually threw in there is 296. Right. Okay. That's pretty small. Okay. We, when I was in the, when I first came in the Navy, we were talking about a 600 ship Navy under John Lehman. And we were, we were getting there. We, we don't think we ever quite got the 600, but we got I, I pretty don't know. close. We got in the 400s. Yeah. No, we Man, got a little higher than that. Really? Yeah. We were pretty, okay. we were doing pretty good. But Gee, um, I wonder why the Chinese have been spending so much time and money on a blue water Navy. They got f- over 400 ships, I think, don't they? No, 300. And I'm sorry, 300 and. 73 something, or something. And they have uh, not a lot of aircraft carriers. They have, but they I, have what, two. <clears throat> right. So, and we've got 11. But they're going to be at, at 450 ships by 2035. Right. Yeah. So, so they're building like, like nobody's business. So let me be the pessimist here. Uh-huh. It seems like these ships are just floating targets. Well, that the submarine service would always say that. Uh, well, there are two, aside, types of, two types of ships in the Navy, submarines and targets. Right. Yeah. But you've, you've got these ships sitting out there, and we've got these hypersonic missiles. We've got all these different right, uh, right. capabilities. What purpose does a... Paul. What? They could say the th- same thing about tanks. Well, but they can defend themselves, though, too. I well, mean, Navy ships can defend themselves somewhat. I mean, we got we got point defense. We got uh, you know, I know you intermediate defense, long range so, defense. We got all kinds of little gimmicks to to to, to keep the the uh, the main body of the fleet, uh, f- you know, from getting hit. Do they always work? No. I mean, just ask the Iranians right. if, that, if it works all the time. We we had that, that, that little incident a couple years ago where we just got up and boarded the thing. Right. Yeah. So I I guess. Um, in today's tech, and I'm not one, you know, I'm not a big Air Force guy, but I understand that, you know, the capabilities. Uh, uh, so, what do all, what do we need all these ships for, Steve? Tell me why we need all well, these ships. Well, first of all, you don't do anything in warfare without sea lift capability because we're 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 uh, in in America on this continent in this hemisphere, and the war is someplace else. So, how are you going to get there without the fleet? And, and that includes military sea lift capability, which we don't have. Right. The Navy, or the yeah. Army's at so its Admiral lowest. G- Admiral Gilday didn't really address that, but we Well, that's we not no, the sexy part. No, it's not sexy at all, but it's, it's like logistics in the Army. Right. Right. Um, so the primary purpose is, to, is a defensive purpose to um, protect the sea lanes. No, it's um, not, not and protect shipping. It's it's it's, uh, it's just it's basically keeping the sea lanes open for everybody. Okay, and not just the uh, China or Russia or or even us. We're supposed to be keeping it open for everyone. All right, that's 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 just, that's kind of our stated mission. First and foremost is to uh, you know keep open the sea lanes internationally and 
all over the world. Okay. And how do you do that with a, a ship, a fleet of 296 ships, of which only about 198, I think, are combatants? So, uh, so well, you know, and, you, you, and a lot of them are minor combatants. So we we didn't get into the discussion uh, before you were on the show with us. We were we were tracking the Coast Guard and the number of. Um, oh, icebreakers? Icebreakers. Oh, no. And I know they're not sexy that, to the Navy. That's not a good subject. I know. I don't like that subject at all. You because, don't like that? You know, because well, well, we only have, I think, one or two icebreakers in the whole inventory right now. I mean, big icebreakers. Right, right. And and um, we actually had, to use, actually had to ask the Russians a couple years ago to help get us off of, I can't remember if it was Antarctica. Antarctica. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we were snowed in or something, and we didn't have the ability to deploy some something in time. And they said, "Well, we'll we'll get your people off." Right? Are our, our, uh, our icebreakers nuke uh, powered? Or- no, no. Because the, the, Russian- the newest one, there's one under construction right now, if I remember correctly. And there's the other one is 50 or 60 years old, and the guys that work on the ship never change assignments. I mean, that is their home because everything on that ship. You mean they, they never change like their their um, their permanent duty stations? Because they they know every nook and cranny, and there has been so much modification to that one that's what a still functioning. That is. Well, no, it's not a rack, and I mean that. Well, I mean, I understand that it's important to have the continuity and everything, but, but we, I mean, I, I, and I would I think love to the go Russians have what fifty or sixty icebreakers. And um, I don't know. I don't know if they are, but they've got. Well, and, a lot and, of them and the Chinese have some. But they are. I'll, and, I'll, I'll, um, I'll check on that. But uh, I have to check on that. You know, they're they're, they're talking about uh, the the northern potential northern shipping lanes and other things. I know, and, and they're um, impressive. I mean, I've seen those Russian uh, icebreakers. They're, they're pretty pretty impressive looking. I you know I remember taking a ship from uh, Helsinki to Estonia to Tallinn, wow. Estonia, and in the middle cool. in March. So everything ice in March. Oh yeah, oh wow. yeah. Jeez, and um. I remember the ship, you know, was on a lane, and if when you looked out, I mean, they had a, literally, the ship had to break ice. Now, it wasn't, you know, super thick yeah, ice, yeah, but yeah. the ship we were on was able to do it. It was a, like a, you know, a, um, a ferry, mm-hmm. but it held like five, I don't know, hold, held several thousand people. It was a giant ferry, mm-hmm. but the front end of it was, you know, made so it could handle the, the ice, but there was a very specific you know, lane that it followed, track that it yeah. followed, and all GPS controlled it's a track. Channel, yeah. And, and but other than that, you looked on both sides of it. You could just see, you know, how thick the ice was. But that—that's part of that world up. You know that those countries are used to dealing with the ice. But I had never been it's, on it's a really ship. Insane to think that we have all this, all these northern ports. That, that freeze over in the winter, and we don't have icebreakers. Yeah. It's just an incredible. Yeah, we are sacrificing a lot when we do that, so. One more? Yeah, one more segment. Wow, this is going fast today. <laughs> well, all right, Steve, uh, thanks for that update on what's going on with the Navy. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes uh, with a little bit more of Valor Radio. Yes, and uh, continuing the nautical theme here on Valor Radio on the WISL stations for the benefit of the captain. We'll be right back on Valor Radio. I don't know her name. She's a fisherman's daughter, uh-huh. Come on down to my boat. 
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Ontario Insurance Company, 28 Canandaigua Street in Shortsville. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the AM Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. As a veteran of the United States military, I can finally get the opportunity to enjoy special events, things that we couldn't afford, thanks to VetDix. Every empty seat at a concert, a game, or a play is a missed opportunity to say thanks to a veteran and service member. We can give our veterans a special event where they, too, can create their own cherished memories. Visit VetTix.org. Find out how you can make a difference in a veteran's life. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We are back in here with uh, Paul and Steve and you. Thank you very much for joining us for Fallow Radio. The ink is black, the page is white. Together we learn to read and write. Well... I guess uh, the president's comments uh, about the Chinese spy balloon weren't quite accurate. I guess not. Why, did you tell me that Biden's lying? What? Well, either that or he doesn't know or this is what he was told. Yeah, everything's relative. It's all relative. Blissful Um, ignorance. You know, the Chinese spy balloon that loitered over the United States for an extended period of time. Um, that he choose, chose to shoot down after it had done everything it possibly could do, mm-hmm. um, did was able to collect yeah. intelligence. Yeah. And in fact, over a couple of the bases, was doing figure eights um, <laughs> to maximize its collection uh, capability. Sending back in real time, by the way. Right. So, so all this business about, hey, let's uh, yeah, salvage sure. it and find out what... They, they already had um, it. Well, they're celebrating that we were able to uh, 
to interfere with some of the transmission going back to oh, Beijing. Yeah. Uh, well, isn't that nice to know? Uh, but by the way, the payload on that thing now has been revealed as about the about the same as a regional jet. Are you kidding me? The <laughs> official said uh, that the U.S. Oh, uh, has not determined why the self-destruct feature on the balloon was not activated before it was shot down. And because they they probably wiped the thing so that, uh, you know, Biden could save face and prove he was a man by having it shot down over uh, the Atlantic Ocean after it done all the harm it could do. Um, why would you shoot it down over the ocean anyway? Well, they didn't want to kill anybody by possibly well, having it. F- it went down over a lot of it went down over a lot of you know unpopulated areas. It sure did. But they they could have taken it down anytime. But well, they decided but those to let it go unpopulated all the areas. Way. Those unpopulated areas was where Biden was letting them collect the yeah. intel. See, it's good that they have this intel because now there's our nuclear force is less of a threat to them, and there it's better go. for the big Maybe one world order. Yeah, I you know about that. That's um, a really good point. So uh, he was actually he helped our nation because by giving this. Information to the Chinese. He's made us less of a threat of using it, which will make the Chinese feel better and more willing to yeah, work with I us. Guess, I um, guess, yeah. I don't know why, but uh, this is just this is lunacy. But yes, they ha- are saying now. Of course, they slip it into the news that. Uh, um, oh, they just showed that, they just uh, showed the balloon on TV. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, so. Uh, Anyway, we, we, Steve, you know, this is just another example. And then one of your favorite people, um, the SecDef. Oh, Lloyd Austin, yeah. Um, he's, uh, has no, says no he has no regrets, regrets about the Afghanistan he was withdrawal. a little bit vexed when Jim Banks, Republican from Indiana, asked him about that, if he had any regrets. Right. Because he, he was citing the fact that the uh, General Kenneth McKenzie, who was the... The head um, uh, military commander in that region, uh, in retrospect, now has regrets. He said, you know, maybe we could have handled it differently. But he decided, Banks decided to ask the same question of of the SECDEF. And Lloyd Austin was visibly agitated by the question. You could see he was not happy about it. Right. Good. Right. Maybe maybe there's some little scrap of conscience left in there. No. No. Okay. He said, no, no, I have no regrets. um, Interesting. Another one of your favorite folks, um, the chairman of the Joint Staff. He's uh, my favorite. I know he, he is. is. I know he's favorite. your absolute yeah. favorite. Yeah. But he was testifying, and apparently he had an original thought when he was testifying. Did you hear about this? Oh, when he was talking uh, well, about the risk that the southern border is to the security of the country? Do you believe he said that? And te- they're saying because he's close to retirement now, he's getting a conscience. Don't tell him. He's, uh, he's actually acknowledging that an open border is not a good thing? He was talking about it was like, it's. he said it was like com- the number of people coming across are like combat brigades coming across our border. Some, some yeah, analogy. Yeah, ghillie suits. I saw that, yeah. Did you see the, the, the picture the other day of 30, uh, 30 people huddled in a tunnel in military uh, camouflage? They were in a in a hole in the ground in in I don't know Arizona or New Mexico yeah. or something. But they were in a hole in in the ground, and they flashed a camera in there, and they were all in camouflage, like thirty so, of them. So what are they doing uh, in camouflage? You know this uh, this sec def, uh, the chairman yeah, of the joint uh, staff. Um, by play? the way, I just uh, I I just wanted to, on Netflix. Uh, there's a a short series called I think it's called Turning Point. It's about five. One-hour shows about 
uh, 9-11 and the military response up through the withdrawal from um, Afghanistan. Hmm. And, you know, for Netflix, it wasn't a bad, you know, for, for those of us that lived through it, um, they didn't do too bad a job. Um, not a whole lot of commentary other than um, I think they went a little bit easy. You know, they, of course, uh, the reasons for going into Iraq, um, the distraction Iraq was. But, you know, they talked about all the presidents all the way up through Trump that dealt with this and what their, um, you know, what strengths or failures they had in, in creating strategy. But the one of the great things that came up, and I will tell you, I told you I was there the first time in 2005, sitting with uh, their council of colonels in Afghanistan, these people that were given missions to uh, work with all the different operating systems, allegedly, they were trying to build up in the uh, Afghan government. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there, and you know, Bob's heard me talk about this before, and I kept asking, who gave us this mission? Where's the national military strategy? Where's the national strategy mm-hmm. saying that this is what we're supposed to be doing here in Afghanistan? Why are we doing this? Why are you doing this? And I was my first trip, I was a lieutenant colonel, and I was there as part of... Um, you know, uh, on a mission that was given to us through the office of the Secretary of Defense. So people had to talk to us, even mm-hmm. though they didn't like the fact that we were there. But I, I was almost insubordinate asking these colonels, because I was a lieutenant colonel on the first trip, what are we doing? Who said that we got to do this? We got to do this nation building. And mm-hmm. they really talk about how it morphed into this and um, all the military commanders and how many of the military commanders said, we have no national strategy. They're there trying to perform a mission without a national strategy statement uh, on what uh, our terminal objectives are in Afghanistan mm-hmm. and general you, after you, general. When you were there, uh, when you first got to Afghanistan, you remember who was in charge? I do, I do. Um, when I got there, so it changed between my first and second one. Um, I didn't want to put you on the spot. I just no, I and I'm just having a brain cramp. Not Tommy now. Franks. No, 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 no. He was already past um, a CENTCOM commander at that point. Um, part of the problem we had... Petraeus? No, it was before Petraeus. Um, I can picture his face. I just can't think of his name right now. It was a CENTCOM commander. But there was also a four-star on the ground uh-huh. that was was commanding. Um, there were lots of generals there. Uh, but, you know... We, we, to To see... It was a wash in generals, as I remember. Everybody, everybody had to earn their stripes. You know, they had to. See, that's the thing about about war times. Everybody wants to get in the act. Well, but even people who are stateside, they want to go over there and say, "I've been to the front," or "I've been to the theater." Well, but that's see, Afghanistan became off Broadway in two thousand three because Broadway was Iraq, right? And um, you know, just. uh, um, but something worth having a discussion. But if you get a chance to see that on Netflix, it was a decent, mm-hmm. uh, decent series. You could watch it. You know, you could watch it over a weekend if you wanted to. If you had nothing else going on, uh, but definitely interesting and pretty much historically accurate. About uh, uh, without too much commentary. So one thing I did want to bring up, uh, Steve, you mentioned it before we went on the air. Not directly militarily related, but uh, uh, Governor DeSantis uh, signed a. Um, permitless gun carry law uh, in Florida, which made 26, 26 states, states are, don't require, uh, seem to be in line with what Over the, the constant... Yeah. Your, your second amendment is your pistol permit. 
Right. Um, and Florida, it was, it was really pro forma. I mean, in, in Florida, in order to have a, to kill, carry concealed, all you had to do was go to a range and load your gun, fire a couple shots, um, unload it without shooting yourself in the foot. And, huh. and you know, they do a background check to see that you weren't disqualified federally and you could get it. So well, the critics are saying, well, it's not true constitutional carry because it has to be uh, concealed. Well, okay, fine. If, if that's a concession we make, I'm willing to make I'm, it. I'm much more concealed carry uh, than I am. Uh, for yeah. Her. I really am. I don't want people walking around like the Old West. No, I don't think that. I don't yeah. see that I think, as a... I think like the story you told me before the, the, the show, uh, you know, it's sometimes it's just not knowing right. makes all the difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, we're hearing some music here. That's it for I'm Valor Radio this week. Uh, I will be uh, on a secret mission. Uh, on assignment? On assignment. Oh, okay. In the camper? No, no. Um, we're uh, we're heading uh, very. We're going to the south. So, uh, mm-hmm. Steve, you got you got the helm next week. Uh, okay. All right, uh, folks. Good. Have a great week. Uh, keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, and all those working by their side uh, in your thoughts and your prayers. And uh, God bless America. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. Providing for our futures, my responsibility.